As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome back to the third hour of the KPK Outdoor Show. I'm Bob Sims. Every Saturday morning, we invite you to kind of ride along sometime or all of five to eight in the morning. And we'll take you all over the state, find out what's going on. It's a lot of fun. All happens right here on KFPK 1530 on the AM dial, 93.1 on the FM dial. Well, I have been talking to uh, Jay Kelly down at Hooked in Ione, the great little tackle shop there. And one of his sponsors, a person who he sponsors is a gentleman by the name of Cliff King. And Cliff lives in Ione, but he's been making a name for himself. Uh, as you'll hear in this interview, um, he was at the, the one U.S. Open down at Lake Mead last year. He took second place in that. This year, the, the one Bass California Open at Clear Lake in April, he won that one. So I had to get a hold of him, and I talked to him yesterday. Cliff, uh, you're a heck of a bass fisherman. Everybody's been telling, you, telling me about it, especially Jay Kelly at Hooked in Ione, where you live. But uh, he says, Bob, have you heard of Cliff King? who uh, did this and blah, blah, blah. And when I found out what you did, I was pretty impressed. The latest thing is in the uh, the one U.S. Open, you took second place at Lake Mead. Is that right? Yeah, runner-up Lake Mead. That's a tough lake. I've never fished it, but I just hear that can be brutal. Uh, what would you do to get your fish there? Um, I was pretty much catching them. Um, all different ways in practice, from crankbaits to spinnerbaits to top water, just a little bit of everything. The fishing was really good, but as the tournament rolled around, it got a little tougher, and I had to switch to an A-rig, and that's how I pretty much caught all my fish the whole tournament. Well, I'll be doggone. And the guy that beat you off, Roy, beat you out, Roy Hawk, is a two-time winner of that tournament, the, uh, the U.S. Open. And then this year... You took the California Open at Clear Lake in April. Congratulations for that. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah. That's uh, that's quite a, You never know what you're going to get there, but uh, that's. I guess you've been a pro bass fisherman. you got to agree that's one of the best bass lakes in the whole country, huh? Yeah, it's by far one of the best bass lakes in the whole country. We're very fortunate to have it right pretty much in our back door. When I say back door, it's two hours away, but... That's close enough. <laughs> yeah, that's close enough for a lake like that. 
Hey, listen, you, you also fish, you, you fish the local lakes here, and it's nice to be able to talk to a guy of your stature about our local fishing, because a lot of us like, like little tips, you know, we can't, we can't always believe what we read in the papers, right, Cliff? So, no. but, but, but you, you fish, you fish Comanche with uh, Jay Kelly yesterday of Hooked. Uh, you were bass fishing. How'd you do? You know, we we caught them pretty good. It was a fun day. I'd say we probably boated probably forty fish, forty bass. Um, nothing giant, you know. Biggest being probably around three pounds. But it was a lot of Not fun. Bad. They were eating pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, was there a particular depth that you got them? You know, I was throwing an A rig, and um, it was pretty much from about fifteen to as far down as forty foot. I would say. Really? Yeah. So I just throw the A-rig out, let it sink to the bottom, and just, just start winding, and they were eating. How's your arm feel today throwing that A-rig all day? You know, my, my, I woke up this morning feeling pretty pretty shot out. My shoulders are pretty sore. I check that thing all day. So <laughs> after a while, it wears on you. Yeah. I heard... Uh... You know, I talked to Jay earlier, of course, to help set this up, but I heard you caught three fish on the same cast. I did. Um, I've never had that personally happen. I've never personally had that happen to me, but I've heard of it happening, but now I actually got to see it firsthand. And it was kind of funny because I I was reeling my A-rig in, and I got bit and set the hook, and I told Jay, I said, no, this is a good fish. And then about halfway up to the boat, I said, oh, this is a really good fish, Jay. And then when I got to the boat and I saw that there were three fish on there, we both just, it was, it was like we were a bunch of kids just screaming and hollering. Like, it was a lot of fun. It was neat. It was really neat. Yeah, that's, that's great. Well, I mean, you use the standard A-rig. It's five lures and three of them. You're allowed to have hooks. You maxed out on that. Does that indicate to you that the fish are chasing the shad a little bit? Oh, there's no doubt. There's no doubt they're chasing shad right now. Um, you find the fish at Comanche right now, if, if if you find one, believe me, there's a bunch with them. And they're would just spo- chasing bait and gorgeous. Would, sp- would spooning be worthwhile? You know, I, I tried spooning yesterday. Um, I can't catch them on a spoon. I can see them on my electronics, on my Lorantis. And it seems like every time I drop that spoon down there and, and rip it up, that the fish scatter. And I don't. I don't know if I just don't have the right spoon on or the right color, but they're really they're really not reacting to it. They're more or less running from it. It's kind of different. Well, you figured it out. That's the important thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was I was throwing a Blade Runner um, A rig yesterday, and I had um, three point eight Kitek heads. Um, Perfect. In the Kitek swim bait, yeah, in the Tennessee shad color. And uh, they were, like I said, every time they ate it, it was it was choked. That's Cliff King. I mean, that's quite a story. That's quite a story. Uh, now, for those of you who aren't bass fishermen, the A rig, as they call it, it's named after the Alabama rig. It's like a wire spreader with five loops on it. And on each loop, you have a short leader and a lure. Well, by California law, you can only have three hooks, uh, you know, three lures with hooks in them uh, on a single uh, uh, rod. So you use two of those swim baits without a hook. 
using them as an attractor. Well, the whole thing all together is heavy. And it's not just like throwing a little drop shot rig around all day. It's heavy, so your shoulders and your arms get tired. But boy, when uh, nothing else works, that sure seemed to work for them on Comanche. And that's true for every lake right now. The, the reason more people don't use those is just for what he says. Boy, that is tiresome when you do that all day long. So, But anyway, we're going to be hearing more from Cliff because he's going to be fishing the, the Wild Wild West Tournament, the Wand Bass. Um, there's a new pro division out here he'll be fishing. And he fishes all the local lakes, so I put the bite on him to uh, maybe check in once in a while and give us a hand on how to catch some fish, okay? Uh, after the break, we are going to... Uh, oh, by the way, um, if you do talk to Jay Kelly up at uh, Hooked in Ione, rumor has it he's got a video of catching those three fish at one time on that A-rig. So after the break, we will talk to Doug Willette about giant Pyramid Lake trout. But I want to tell you more about Comanche now because since they started planning just a few weeks ago, they have put in, I mean, a ton of fish. They plant the North Shore. They plant the South Shore. They plant the South Shore Pond. Um, they've got an RV park right next to the pond. They've got RV parks all along the South Shore. Uh, North Shore as well, but there's no hookups on the North Shore. But the fishing it has been good. In just about 20 minutes, you're going to hear another report on the trout fishing there from Robbie Dunham, including what looks to me to be about an eight or nine pound rainbow they caught, I think it was yesterday or the day before, um, in Comanche. And I'm telling you, it, this is the time as, as the fish spread out in this lake, you can go just about anywhere now and catch trout. You don't have to hang at the narrows. Um, you, they, they caught them clear up at the bridge a couple days ago. So that gives you an idea. Uh, the fish are spread out. You don't have to stay with the crowds, which puts the fish down. And, of course, Comanche, the camping, they, they do have boat rentals for you. Uh, you can go online and uh, make a reservation at the campsite, tent camping, RV camping, cottages, uh, motel units, even vacation home rental. Anything you want this time of year, all the winter rates too. So anyway, Comanche, it's time It's time to go to Comanche. For more information, go to their website, which is golakecomanche.com. Welcome back, welcome back. Well, there's nothing... When you're talking about big trout, like talking about the big cutthroat trout in Pyramid Lake, um, the world record still came uh, it, it came from cutthroat in the 1920s, a 41-pound cutthroat. Now with a recent addition in the last, I guess, eight or ten years of what they call the Pilot Peak strain of cutthroat, uh, they expect that record to be challenged, possibly. But the guy that knows more about that than I do is Doug Willett of Pyramid Lake Guide Service, and he joins us now. Good morning, Doug. Good morning, Bob. Um, we're, we're, last year, you predicted this would be a big fish year, and sure enough, 
it's proving that out. And right now um, is the time that we're starting to see that transition of a noticeable amount of big fish moving in and cruising the shoreline. It's kind of a pre-spawn ritual that they do. And, of course, you prefer to fish from the shore from, with a fly rod, and now that puts them in your reach. What's it been like the last week? Well, um, it's been picking up, and we're averaging about a fish an hour is what I've been getting, uh, which is okay because the fish are really big. We, we saw three fish well over 20 pounds this week coming off the shore. Wow. 23-pounder and 22-pounders. Uh, uh, it's just uh, it's really coming to a peak, you know, for the size, Bob. Uh, the cycle's getting, you know, big with that group of fish. And uh, last year they were 15, 16 pounds. And now there's uh, we're going to probably get several fish over 20 this year. Well, that's just incredible when you think about it. Uh, uh, 15 or 20 years ago, Doug, I can't imagine us ever imagining we'd have this conversation. No. Uh, you know, in 2006, when they introduced the, the Pilot Peak strain, it really changed things, Bob. We did get some big fish previous to that, but uh, not like now. This is something yeah. else. Well, a 15-pounder back then was, a, was really an eye-opener. It was. Uh, they had a 15-pound jacket at the old Crosby Lodge, and uh, they did give out a few each year. So there was big fish, but they were very few and far between, uh, and nothing uh, over 20 pounds like we're getting now. So Yeah. You know, um, you've developed a technique that's become very, very popular, and i got to say it's explained perfectly on your website, which is pyramidlakeguideservice.com. Um, and, and it has to do with your popcorn beetle more than anything else, just because that's the innovative fly. And I think if, if more people did that, you'd hear about more big fish being caught. But everybody has their favorite flies they throw, and and they still catch fish, so, so that's good. But the boat fishermen are still doing okay, aren't they, Doug? Yeah, they are. Uh, there was a, re- a couple of reports last week. They were getting... Uh, half a dozen or more fish, you know, uh, per boat. Uh, so they are doing good. It's worth going out there if you want to fish from a boat. And uh, as we talked about earlier uh, this week, you can also anchor up and fish structure from a boat. Uh, there are a few people that do that. So you could approach it like you would, you know, fishing for spotted bass or something, you know, get those fish when they're working the structure. And uh, it's very effective. Well, and, and I know that uh, Pyramid Lake, uh, the tribe has a law that kind of favors the bank fishermen, and that is you cannot have a boat within, what, 250 feet of a bank fisherman? Yeah, that's correct, Bob. So if I was anchored out offshore and I was doing well and you walked up as a shore fisherman in front of me, I would have to leave. I'd have to stay 250 feet from a shore angler. Okay. <laughs> that's great. So, well, that yeah. just... It, it's not exactly a small lake, though, Doug. I mean, there's a lot of places you go where nobody's fishing from the shore. Why not, right? That's true. Uh, lots of structure there, Bob, especially when you're in a vessel. You can get out and, and, and reach places that some of the vehicles can't get to. Uh, and, you know, people need to open up more. Some people don't want to fish around other people, and there's plenty of room there, you know, if you want to get away. Yeah. 
Um, so, Doug, do you think, uh, you know, they spawn the fish on, what is it, the west shore, the southwest shore? Do you think these fish cruise around the entire perimeter of the lake? I do. I really do. I think that they're always moving. Um, well, I know they're always moving because uh, they'll come through, for instance, across a point or a jetty, and then the anglers will get them bang, bang, bang right in a row, and then they've got to wait another hour for next the next group of fish to come through or that same group to you know make a circle and come back through. But I really do. I think they're continually swimming, uh, foraging, looking for food. Yeah. Of course, this time of year, if you have a boat and you want to go fish the other side of the lake, that is a big, big lake. And when the weather comes up, it can come up fast. you got to worry about getting back. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you never want to be undersized with your boats. Uh, make sure your vessel is, uh, you know, big enough, has enough uh, sideboard and uh you know, sometimes you'll see a little aluminum out there. Uh, you can use a smaller vessel, but, you know, it's not wise to go across the lake. It's about 29 miles wide, uh, and it gets super rough out there. So uh, always wear a life jacket. Uh, you know, a lot of people in boats, they don't wear their life jackets. They stow them. But then when you have a, an accident, you can't get to your to your uh, vest. So uh, I'm one of the, I think one of the few people that wears the vest all the time when I'm on a boat. You got the inflatable vest, Doug? Yeah, I have a couple different types. I yeah. like a fixed vest best uh, because I have been capsized, you know, reaching for that little CO2 cartridge. And uh-huh. I, I, I prefer having one that's um, already got buoyancy to it. Now, the, the ones they have out now will uh, enact once you hit the water, that CO2 will go off. Um, but, again, I've been capsized, and I want something fixed. I want something fixed on my body. Yeah. Okay. Especially uh, in a lake like that where the water can get cold in the winter. So, hey, there's been some uh, some questions that have come up. I've heard them uh, from time to time about, you know, they're trying to say this Pilot Peak was the original strain of cutthroat in Pyramid Lake and maybe the ancient giant Lake Lahontan. But I guess that's not a total given, huh? Well, you know, uh, you know that's what's put out there now. Uh, you know, it's a hypothesis. They've done DNA studies that uh, almost match. Um, you know, the problem is that uh, is transportation getting from Pyramid to uh, that area, Montello, Nevada, has a train depot, uh, and that could have been where they came from. You know, via the, the railroad. Uh, you know, the one thing that that is important is right now we have a great fishery. So, you know, whether or not that fish is actually from Pyramid or from the Bonneville Basin, uh, the fact is we've got a great fishery, and it's, it's an incredible fish. And it is uh, physically much different than any other cutthroat. So it's, it should be, uh, you know, categorized in a, in a separate uh, uh, genetic uh, pool. Yeah. So right now they just call them an LCT. But they're so much different physically. Well, you know, it, uh, in a way, of course, we'd all like to know, but in a way, it doesn't make that much difference because we don't care if they're the original or not. We know they're bigger. 
Absolutely. You know, and yeah. you know the the broodstock is done uh, in a, a closed in a, a closed laboratory in Gardnerville. So all the fish at Pyramid are from hatcheries. Uh, well, I shouldn't say all because there probably is some small uh, reproduction, but uh, almost all of them are from the hatcheries. Okay. Now let's just talk. We we have a minute left. Let's talk fishing. Uh, for guys and gals that don't get up there, it's not one of these things where you cast a streamer and expect the fish to come up five or six feet. You really need to be down on the bottom, don't you, Doug? Yeah, for the most part, yeah, Bob. You want to work that bottom and go from the bottom up is usually your best uh, your best method. Um, you know, there are times when they're suspended, but now they're coming into the shallow, so you want to get to the bottom. Absolutely. Okay. And... Uh, you like to cast and retrieve your popcorn beetle and your other flies. You use two flies, actually. And uh, other people like to use the indicator thing. Do they catch fish like that? Uh, yeah, they do. It's seasonal. Uh, right now it's a retrieving grab. Uh, the indicator guys aren't doing so well now. Uh, they do have their time during the season that, they, that they'll be doing well. Uh, but this isn't really one of them. So as the water warms up, uh, they'll probably, you know, do a little bit better. Um, I prefer to, you know, fly fish, cast, retrieve the flies. And uh, it's kind of all about that, you know, stealing the grab. Sure. So. Okay. Doug, we're going to be checking in with you uh, often to keep track of the numbers of fish that move in close. Thank you for joining us today and giving us a little education on Pyramid. Well, thanks for having me, Bob. My pleasure. Doug Willett, Pyramid Lake Guide Service. Here's his number, 775-722-2267. After the break, we're going to talk to Robbie Dunham about wide-open trout fishing at Comanche. Kettles Outdoor and Sport in Calusa will be closed this Thanksgiving, of course, but they'll also be closed the day after on Black Friday. That's because they need two days for one of their biggest sales ever, and that's the Small Business Saturday sale a week from today. They're going to have, I mean, these really nice brand-name clothing. The prices, they can't advertise, but they will be slashed. All safes, including browning safes in different sizes, 10% off. Delta Calls, lanyards and straps, 15% off. Winchester, 556 ammo, 1,250 count, 775 bucks, limit two per person. Game hide jackets, 25% off. A fishing bucket bundle, $85 worth of product for only $55. All shotgun and rifle cases, 15% off. And of course, there's always a soft case that goes with any long gun that you buy uh, for free. Cletus Clutch and Clyde Bates, 10% off. Guggen Bates, 15% off. Other uh, stocking stuffers, Hoppy's commemorative cleaning kit, 1995. We could go on and on. All fishing rods, all fishing rods, 20% off. It's just happening next Saturday on Small Business Saturday at Kittles Outdoor and Sport in Calusa. Well, we talked about Comanche 
throughout the program and their planning program. And let me tell you, they've they've just gotten into full swing. Those fish are starting to spread out. You should see the pictures I got this week from our next guest, Robbie Dunham of Coke Machine Guide Service. He's with us now to talk about that day. Good morning, Robbie. Good morning, Bob. How are you this morning? I'm doing good. Uh, boy, you had a you, you and a friend went out and you had two limits of fish. I, I I didn't see how much that big one weighed, but it looked like it might have been eight or nine pounds. Yeah, we took uh, the new boat out yesterday. Um, Kyle from um, Headhunter Sport Fishing went out with me to. Oh, good, good. Yeah, he went out to help me set up my uh, Garmin. I've always had a Laurent, so he kind of showed me the ropes on the uh, Garmin, and I got that thing looking pretty clear. Yeah, good. So, uh, yeah, I didn't have a scale on my new boat yet, and still uh, almost got it all finished so I can start guiding with it. And uh, we estimated it between 8 and 9. Kyle thought maybe it was 10, and I said, no, it's probably between 8 and 9. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was, uh, it was quite a mess of fish you got there. Uh, the whole average size looked pretty good there, Robbie. Uh, now, th- those fish have had a chance to spread out. Are you finding that? Yeah, we, we actually launched at North Shore. And uh, we dropped in four lines just out past the houseboat. Then we headed up toward the Narrows and all the way to the bridge. And we caught fish the whole entire the whole entire run. So the fish are starting to move around now. Okay, well that's that's good. That, hopefully that'll keep the boats spread out a little bit. Now uh, yeah. you know in the winter months you kind of transition from pulling your speedy shiners to grubs. Has that happened yet? No, we uh, ran speedy shiners all morning on Thursday. Uh, I'm going to start pulling the grubs here shortly and uh, cover so much ground with the speedy shiners, and that's really what we wanted to do, just to find some fish. But the, really the whole objective of the day was to have Kyle help me set up my fish finder and some other stuff on the boat so I can be uh, 100% ready to go when I got clients. Okay, Uh so with the speedy shiners, what depth were you finding them? Uh, we stayed in the top 10 feet. Uh, we ran two planer boards with uh, like a quarter ounce bullet weight just to keep it down under the surface. And I would say probably seven of the 10 fish uh, came off the planer board. So when those fish see that boat, they start to scatter off to the sides. Well, those planer boards are right out there on the side. So we did real well with the planer boards. Boy, you don't have to go down at all, do you, Robbie? No, they're actually, uh, I believe the water was 58 or 59 when we launched the boat. So it's already starting to get into the low 50, upper 50s right now. So when it gets down a little bit cooler, um, I'll switch over to my grubs. Well, you know, I've seen a couple of pictures of this new boat, and I, I keep wondering why you haven't been guiding in it, but I realize there's a lot you d- have to do in rigging up a new boat, just like the the uh, your sonar unit, though. And, and a lot of every, every, everything has got to be perfect before you take people out. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready now. Um, yes, yeah, there's a lot that goes on to the new boat. you got to learn how to use a lot of the new equipment. And I had some custom stuff built for it. So uh, I just wanted to make sure it's 100% ready to go and I have confidence before I start taking clients out. Well, it's, I'll tell you one thing. The pictures are just a beautiful, beautiful boat. Uh, tell me how long it is and what it is. Um, it's a 20-foot 
bullpen navigator with the offshore bracket, 150 big main motor and a 9.9 kicker. Um, it's fully loaded. It's ready to roll. And it is, I have gotten so many compliments on the appearance of it off on the water and sitting on the trailer. So yeah. I'm, I'm just as excited as everybody else is to get this thing going. <laughs> well, you know, the thing is, you, you had, a, good, you had a, a great boat to guide the lakes before, but all of a sudden you get in a brand new boat like this is, and you realize how much wider they're making these boats and all that room in there. That's got to be comfortable for your customers. Oh, oh, for sure, definitely. I got uh, three-foot-long bench seats now, so... Nobody has to sit on an ice chest with a stadium chair anymore, so I've actually upgraded, I've actually upgraded quite a bit. But now, uh, Bob, I can uh, take a minimum of two people up to a maximum of four people now, so um, I'll be able to accommodate a few more people, and we'll still have plenty of room. Good. Well, that's good. And I'm sure people will love that boat once they see it. So, Robbie, thank you so much for filling us in. Uh, keep up the good work, and we'll talk to you soon. Sounds good, Bob. Thank you very much. Okay, Robbie Dunham, Coke Machine Guide Service. Here's his number, 209-712-6611. That man catches fish. Okay, I talked to Ed Lagan over at Clear Lake. If you'll remember Ed, we talked to him last winter. He was really on the winter crappie, but he also guides for bass. I talked to him a little bit about each. Ed, I always want to talk to you about crappie at Clear Lake, and I will do that in a minute. But uh, this time of year, you're a bass fishing guide. Uh, how goes it out there? You know, um, right now, the fishing's really improved. We're catching between, I would say, between 20 and 30 bass a day. But nothing bigger than a four-pounder. But the, the fish are really healthy right now. Uh, it, it's not a pattern that um, that... You know, I can go and repeat it. It's fishing points on this lake, some of the flats, different baits. And it's just like you'll catch four and you think you're on them, and all of a sudden it goes dead. You move to someplace else. You make two casts, and you got two fish. And then you fish it for 100 yards, you don't get bit again. Uh. So my, my recommendation is keep moving and look and fish, you know, some of the best spots like uh, Buckingham and Glenhaven. And, you know, even down here in Rattlesnake, uh, I had some good fish down here. So... Um, and the rattlesnake uh, boat ramp, the Oaks boat ramp, is open now. Okay. So, a, a Clear Lake Oaks. Okay. Uh, yeah, okay. Yes, yeah, sir. we got. Um, so it sounds like the fish are up, but they're spread out over that whole lake. They are. You know, we're catching them in a foot of water to 15, 20 feet. So it, you're trying to figure it out, and you go, they're they're just scattered. There's no definite pattern that i'm on i mean it could be a drop shot carolina rig underspin uh i would say come up here and throw what you like to throw and work on that so, pattern crankbaits are working too so so that's that's why you're moving you're, you're you're fishing and moving and fishing and moving yes okay any sign of crappie yet uh i caught three the other day the a couple of days prior to that i had seven and I'm trying to target. I'm trying to look for these crappie. It's not like I stumble on them. I'm trying to find out where these yeah. crappie are. Last year at this time, or later in December, uh, these fish started moving up in the middle of the lake. And I'm just not finding them yet. And the water, the water was at 60 degrees, 64. And within the last week, it's dropped back down to 56. 
And I think we need well, to be in the, about the 50 degree temperature range. Yeah, well, we're getting close there. Last year, I remember when you were catching them in December, I mean, yeah. the water temperature was in the 40s. Yeah. Of course, a lot of people don't realize you can catch crappie in that cold of water, but you figured it out. Uh, it was, I mean, it's unbelievable when, when this happens, when these fish start moving up uh, and finding them out in the middle of the lake. That's that's pretty impressive. Well, keep us posted, will you? I will. I'd be happy to anytime. If anybody wants any information, they can call me or, you know, give me a call. That's Ed Lagan of uh, Clear Lake Family Guide Service. Here's his number, 702-497-8938. Now, don't be confused. It's, I know it's a 707 area code, but this number is from a million years ago when he was somewhere else. So it's 702-497-8938. Um, Stand, stand by. We're going to we're going either going to talk about Shasta Lake or fly fishing up north. But first, I want to tell you about Rahaga's uh, Game Bird Club. Uh, this Thanksgiving, this coming Thursday, Rahaga's is doing their inaugural Friendsgiving pheasant hunt. You know, pheasant hunting on Thanksgiving Day has been a tradition, or used to be a tradition with so many people, including me. It was my favorite day of the year. We'd go out and hunt till about noon and come home and, of course, have turkey that afternoon. But uh, since the pheasant hunting isn't what it was, Rahag has decided to do something about it. You have to call uh, to get in on it. They've got a special price, 27 bucks for pheasants, 17 for chuckers. You can combine them. Uh, if it was me, I would do the group hunt, the 12 pheasants for four people. Uh, that, that's $324. That's normally $385, but you have to make a reservation. Go out and enjoy the morning. They're only going to do this till 1 o'clock, and then they're going to shut it down. Uh, so give them a call, 530-724-0552. It's an old, only an hour from Sacramento. Rahaga's up I-5 out of Dunnegan, 530-724-0552. Well, I talked with uh, Andrew George at uh, Phil's Prop yesterday you know shasta lake uh, when we had that big heavy rainstorm it muddied up and it stayed muddy but the bass love it because they move out of deep water and they're accessible i mean they're being caught all around the lake uh and i talked to andrew as i said yesterday late afternoon about exactly that andrew shasta lake is still silty it's been silty ever since that big rain it just doesn't seem to go away, but the bass fishermen, I'm guessing, are still loving it. Yeah, the bass fishing, as long as we got some cloud cover, it's been phenomenal. Yeah, well, you know, other lakes are so clear right now. Shasta certainly isn't, and uh, like we talk about it in the spring, that helps get them out of deep water. So what are you using to get your fish, Andrew? Uh, right now, a lot of guys are using reaction baits, so, you know, a lot of fun being had with spinner baits, crank baits, uh, mainly square bills, but a lot of guys are throwing KVD 3XDs as well, so seems like just about any crank bait or spinner bait or chatter bait is going to work pretty good. Something with a yeah. little bit of thump. Yeah, yeah, okay, there you go. Uh, add, add to it a little bit, huh? 
Definitely. Uh, so, uh, we talking mostly the top 20 feet here? Yes, definitely. Most guys are catching them anywhere from five on out to 25. Okay. Um, any big fish showing? You would think there would be. Yes, I've seen a number of guys catching some pretty decent ones and been uh, some largemouth in the mix as well, so that's pretty encouraging. Yeah. Any surface bite going on? Uh, yes. If you look for it, you can definitely catch fish on topwater. It's just not as good as the stereotypical Shasta topwater. Yeah. Are, are the fish are the fish in a variety of structure and banks? Or are they out in open water? Are they near the bank? Are they up in the trees in the pit? Any, anything that uh, we can key in on there? Uh, yeah, I mean, yes, all those things you just said would work just fine. It seems like they're everywhere, like you said. You can definitely go up the pit, throw some spoons, vertically jig on those, uh, throw spinner baits by standing timber. I mean... They seem to be everywhere. Some guys were even telling me they were fishing the banks and seeing them pop in 60 foot of water, but they were all suspended in 20. So uh, grab your whatever you like to use best and go to Shasta because you'll catch fish. Yeah, definitely. Let's end it right there, Michael. That's Andrew George of Phil's Prop. Um, seems like they're catching an awful lot of bass up there, and you don't have to go to the trouble of using an A-rig. That number, uh, 530-275-4939. I also asked them about Whiskey Town, which at times can be ha have some pretty good bass fishing this time of year, but it seems to be dead because uh, the water is warm in Whiskey Town, and there's quite an algae bloom going on there, and it seems to have turned the fish off. So Whiskey Town, I uh, wouldn't target that right away. Um, the, the, the cloudy, the muddy water in Shasta, of course, holds true right down the Sacramento River. And the trout fishermen are saying, well, it's hard to catch them because it's not, it's not very good because we only have about a foot of visibility. But Kurt Portocarrero of Sac River Guide sent me some pictures last night of some absolutely beautiful, and I mean beautiful, uh, late fall run salmon. And so he's catching them in that muddy water. His number is 800-670-4448. I mean, these were beautiful, big, bright salmon. Have to be late fall run salmon. You can catch those same fish uh, down by Sacramento. But as Rob Reimer said earlier, they're just not there hanging out. They are moving through. Their destination is the Sacramento River up by Redding. And they don't waste any time this year. The water's cool. It doesn't hold them up. It doesn't distract them. They're not going up any other river. They're blasting through. So if you want to go out and troll a section or anchor, in a, you're just waiting for those fish to go through. That's why they fish at Night's Landing. It's a very, very narrow river there. And... As, as, the, as the winter moves in, with all the inclement weather, these guys have their tops and their heaters going, and it's a good place to, to get those salmon, although it does get crowded, uh, but you can catch some nice fish there. Okay, Thanksgiving Day this Thursday. Don't forget, brine your turkey, one cup kosher salt, one cup brown sugar, one gallon of water. That's the ratio, and have a very nice Thanksgiving.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 